0: you're at the over under show i'm your host ed henderson and man it's a crazy world we live in it has no shortages of rabbit holes i'm not scared of rabbit holes if you're not scared of rabbit holes this show is for you let's see if we can jump in one and make our way back to the top welcome to over and under i'm your host edward henderson and thank you so much for streaming the podcast Got a question for you today, and that question is: Do you think that the United States of America is headed for another civil war? When I think of the first civil war, and from the founding until at April eighteen sixty-one, I believe it was in Charleston Harbor when they fired onto Fort Sumter, South Carolina secedes from the Union, followed very quickly by the other states that would make the Confederate States of America. Man, there was a lot of compromise there was a lot of people trying to make that not happen. So, I mean, you had you had like your really staunch abolitionists that said, look, all men are created equal. We have a big contradiction between what our Constitution says and how we're operating. And there, there wasn't no compromise. It wasn't like, well, he can be a slave for half the week and he's free. No, they are guaranteed the same rights that anybody else in the United States is. And then you've got some of those people that are on the other side of the issue who say, no, he's my property. And then you've got all kinds of people in the spectrum in the South and the North that are like, man, whatever we got to do to keep the peace, let's keep the peace. But those are two very polar opposites. So even if you don't have somebody that is really a zealot or radicalized for their cause, when when it pops off, when the bullets and the cannonballs start to fly, well then you're forced to go with wherever your sympathy lies you know you might be on the side of slavery you might be on the side of free states but when those cannonballs started to fire you no longer had that ability to compromise to try to get along and more people went with their sympathies it's not that they were really committed one way or the other. They were committed much more to the Union. You could hear that in the words of Abraham Lincoln. You could hear that in the words of Robert E. Lee. But once that state or those states seceded, there was nothing left to do but fight it out. And the only way they were going to do that was a very bloody war where almost 700,000 people were lost, gave their lives for that cause. So here we are in 2022 and we're talking about the issue of say abortion which is just one of several things that divide the right and the left again you have those people who say hey at the time that that egg is fertilized we now have a human being which is which is a true statement you do now have a human being everything that's in that one cell zygote is He's got everything that he needs or she. Even that, the sex has already been determined. You might not be able to see it, but it's already been determined. What is that question is personhood. When is personhood recognized and even more importantly, when is he considered a citizen of the United States of America? And then you've got those people that say, No, it's nothing more than a medical procedure and a, a, a right to or a right for a woman, her privacy, if you will. So just recently, the Supreme Court, and prior to that, someone leaked the decision that was coming down. I mean, over 20 pro-life centers have been firebombed, all kinds of protests, some of the most vicious and ugly vitriolic scenes, citizens opposed to one another. I mean, off each other's face. I mean, they must have felt the spit and smelt the breath of the person in front of them. I mean, it's just very ugly. And you, you ask yourself, how do we bring those two sides together? I mean, when people start burning buildings down, arson's a very serious crime, by the way. Then you've got people who kill abortionists. I mean, Eric Rudolph comes to mind. I can't remember the guy's name. I think his last name was Reuter, Scott Reuter, maybe, that walked into that church and killed a physician that was i think he was either a deacon or was ushering people into the church but this gentleman uh owned i think one of three clinics that would do late-term abortions i can't remember what week he was doing them at but this this reuter guy walks in there and just shoots him point blank and he's in prison to this day he will tell you that he's more than happy to do that time because of the children that he's saved so I just shared that with you to ask you this. How do you bring two sides or that far apart? Like I said, abortion is just one issue of many that separate the right and the left. So let's talk about some of those things. And these are my perceptions. These are the way that I take them. I mean, it is my opinion, and I thank you for listening. But as I always do, I tell you to do what you'd like with them. You can totally disregard them if you like. But some of the things that I see... That separate us. I mean, look at the borders. Some people think that we should have controlled borders, much like you have doors on your house where you can control who comes in and out of your house. Some people believe that there should be no borders at all. Incredibly, those people have doors, sometimes gates, sometimes guards around their houses, uh, mandated vaccines, and then you got people. Let's say. It's my body, my choice. Then you got some people that think that uh, you shouldn't have abortions, and then you've got other people think it's my body, my choice. Some people think you should wear a mask during virus. Other people say no mask. Sexualization of children. I mean, some people want to send their kids to school to learn reading, writing, and arithmetic. And then you've got another group that wants to expose them to the 57 genders and counting want them to be well-versed in their sexuality, how they have sex, uh, their attractions, their fetishes, and very, very odd. I mean, school has changed quite a bit. Staying with the topic of genders, you've got people that believe that there are two genders, a male and a female, and then you've got those people again, 57 and counting, and it's all a matter of what you think you are in your head, and I guess if you think, therefore, I am got people that definitely feel that they have the ability to identify what a male and a female is. you got a Supreme Court justice that's getting ready to take the court, and she looked at a, a member of Congress and told him, no, I do not have a de- definition of a woman. She's been a woman for over 50 years, yet she cannot define a woman. Then you have the Subject of truth. You've got people that believe there's an absolute truth versus there are no truths, only social constructs, and they're usually made by those people that are in power. And then something is America is great. I mean, I believe America is great, but you've got people that believe America was never great. I saw a poll that was done by the Center of Politics at the University of Virginia. They said 52% of Trump supporters and 41% of Biden supporters support a session. They, they, they believe in separating. Let the blue states go their way. Let the red states go their way. I don't know how you would accommodate that, but think about that. You've got people that are so polar opposites that they are almost in 50-50 agreement that it would be best if we just seceded and uh, let those conservatives or those people that are identified as being on the right side go their way and the people on the left going their way. So back to the subject of abortion. I don't think people really appreciate happened with the Supreme Court because you can still get an abortion in the United States of America. They sent it back to the states. There was nothing in the Constitution to address A woman's right to an abortion. Like I said, you've got very mixed feelings. You've got some people that think that's like a medical procedure, you're just removing some kind of a growth. And then you've got people who believe that that child or that fetus or whatever makes you feel good to refer to it as, it's a human being and it deserves to be protected as a citizen of the United States. Again, very, very far apart. If I remember correctly, in Roe v. Wade, the state could not prohibit a woman for having an abortion in the first trimester, in the second, if her health was in danger, and in the third trimester, they could prohibit it altogether. And so, I mean, it's gotten kind of crazy. I mean, you've got some, it resulted in partial birth abortions, which, I mean, it's getting really kind of silly, I think, regardless of which side that you're on on this issue. But, I mean, that is a fully developed person not only is it a fully developed person it's it's innocent it has committed no crimes it's not committed any capital punishment crimes where it could be put to death it had no due process it didn't get a chance to tell its side or i don't know it's just it's just insane to me how people could do that But Roe v. Wade was overturned at the federal level, and I know that was 50 years, but keep in mind when we were talking about the first Civil War, those slavery laws were protected for over 100 years. Jim Crow laws would be protected for another 100 years before they were ruled unconstitutional and overturned. Whether you're talking about the Civil War or you're talking about the issue of abortion, you have some very well-intentioned people who populate that spectrum between the two very extreme sides, but just like the Civil War, those very well-intentioned people really stayed in the way of things progressing where they had to go to, because we could not maintain slavery in the United States of America and be who we are. We could have never maintained slavery and progressed to the level that we are. I don't know what the outcome of the issue of abortion is going to be. But it's not going to be through compromise, not through those two extremes. So like I said, I guess the compromise in abortion came with, as science showed the viability of that child, you know, living younger and younger and younger forms of development you know, they would, states would come and they would recognize it and they would act accordingly to viability. And now I guess it's going to be some states may just totally outlaw it altogether. That remains to be seen because abortion was not done away in the United States of America. It just, like I said, it remanded it back to the states. So there's things that could come up with abortion and how the states are applying those laws that could come back in front of the Supreme Court and they may rule against the state. I do not know. Leading up to the Civil War, there were many compromises. You had the Missouri Compromise where uh, Missouri came into being a state. It was a slave state. At the same time, they allowed the state of Maine to come into free states that kept the number of free to Slave states equal, I think, at that point there it was eleven to eleven, kept a war from breaking out, but it did not appease either of the radicals, especially the abolitionists that was holding to the the belief that, you know, that blacks were citizens and that they deserved to be free. You had the Kansas Nebraska Act that would come along, I think, in the late eighteen fifties, and that's where they said, well, we're just gonna let the states deal with it. And uh, if they vote it to be a slave state, it'll be a slave state. If it wants to be a free state, they'll vote it in to be a free state, which was interesting because then uh, abolitionists tried to flood the state to get the votes that they needed. And when the vote came around, then people from Missouri and pro-slavers would come in and they would cast illegal votes. I think they had... I don't know, a little over 2,000 people in the territory in the first vote that was taken. It was over 6,000 votes. Yeah, they had mules even back then. But it would just turn out to be a bloodbath between those people that were fighting for for freedom, I think they called them free staters, and then those people who were called pro-slavers. I think they called it Bleeding Kansas is what it was referred to, which John Brown got involved with. Then you would have John Brown take over Harper's Ferry trying to leave a slave revolt. You would have like the Nat Turner or Nate Turner revolt in the South where the blacks rose up. I think over 50 whites were murdered and killed. And then on top of that, you had the issue of states' rights in 1828. Congress had passed some incredible tariffs that uh, affected the South in a very bad way. It was an agrarian society and... They passed a very heavy import tax, which, you know, it went up like 40 to 50 percent. And J.C. Calhoun of South Carolina said this was not fair. It was unconstitutional, and therefore we're going to nullify it. We're not going to recognize it. And Andrew Jackson, a fellow South Carolina and a Scotch-Irish descent told him, no, it's not going to be that way, boo-boo, you're going to pay up. And he went to Congress, and he got the right. They passed a force bill, which gave him the ability to come down with the military and force South Carolina. So that, that was almost where the war broke out, and it had nothing to do with slavery. It had to do with the understanding that the states had its own sovereignty, that the federal government had a few enumerated rights uh, and powers, You know the story, Andrew Jackson staved off, they came to a compromise, they came down a little bit on those uh, import taxes or tariffs, if you will, and they avoided it, but, you know, that was also part of it. It was not going to be satisfied with a handshake. Now, I don't think this Civil War will look anything like the first Civil War, because at First Civil War, those people shook hands and they went their own ways. They wished each other well. Uh, you had families that split. You had uh, families that took different positions. You had brothers fighting brothers, sons fighting fathers, fathers fighting sons. Yeah, it was a it was a very contentious and divisive issue and was not, always defined by if you were from the South or from if you were from the North. You had people that left the South to fight for the North. You had people that left the North to fight for the South. You had people fighting to end slavery. And you had people that were fighting to keep the Union together. And the division fell under two very well-defined sides. As mentioned, mentioned earlier, we got like 57 different genders now. Can you imagine... How many different factions are going to break off and be fighting, fighting amongst each other, fighting around each other, fighting those people that they think is the big enemy? Yeah, I think this is going to look much more like a third world conflict with inside our borders. Those don't ever get resolved. I get, you get some ceasefires here and there, but that's they're going to be ongoing. We could end up being like a lot of these countries, like in the Middle East. I mean, they've been fighting that, those wars for a thousand years. So if an outside force does not come in and just take us over completely, that could go on forever. There's really only two things that I think put the first Civil War off and has put this next Civil War off for a long time. Is because people had interests. They had farms. They had industry that they had to tend to. Uh, for the most part, they were doing okay. Everything was fine. They did not have time to get in the streets and get get in with the ruckus like a lot of people do. I think a lot of times when you have people that are on the polar opposites, and they're, they're the ones that are first in the game, first in the fight, these people either come from some incredible wealth that finances them, or they really don't have anything. It's the only thing that they do have. I don't even know if they really even appreciate the cause that they're pursuing they just know they feel important by being a part of it so that's how you can get some relatively moderate people on both sides of an issue now their sympathies might be with one side or the other but they are always looking for that compromise how do we continue to get along so my lifestyle can continue so i can keep feeding my family so i can continue to tend to my farm so i can continue to take care of my business or my industry but what happens? What happens when it's not radical people that all of a sudden are showing up and they're storming the Capitol, they're, they're threatening politicians? I think January 6 very well may be a harbinger of things to come. The participants in January 6 I really would like to get a breakdown of the socioeconomic makeup of that crowd. I'd like to know. Uh, if they were retired, what did they do for a living? I mean, how many would you find were civil servants, uh, military, police, fire, uh, teachers, and farmers? Are these people who have been gainfully employed all their lives, and did they show up for that day for that? Because if you come to find out that the majority of those people have lived their lives as law-abiding citizens and have had but anybody can tell, a very respectful way of living prior to January 6th. I'm not going to say that is tantamount to the firing on Fort Sumter, but I would probably put it in the category of when John Brown took Harper's Ferry. And what I meant by that is that Harper's Ferry looked at first glance to be just absolutely pointless. And some people might argue that it was. But, see, I am, I am in the camp that I don't believe that John Brown was even close to being insane. I think he was very committed to his cause. I think that uh, he held these feelings a long time before he acted upon them. And back to the, that crowd in January 6th, if you come to find out that these people, again, were law-abiding people up until that point, and no, I do not support what happened on January 6th, but I'm here to tell you, I've always thought to myself, it's one thing when the professional or everyday crazy is crazy, that's what they do, but when the everyday person gets involved at that level, better watch out because I do think that uh, bigger things are coming. And you also have a undermining of the government, and that's happening within the government itself. I think about Chuck Schumer calling out, Superior Court Justices Gorsuch and Kavanaugh over the abortion issue. Prior to anything being said, some leaked information, you know, you just think that a senator would be demonstrating calmness and he would be very supportive of the system. You know, it's one thing to say, I'm very disappointed with the court justices, but we haven't given up And we will be making our case. We will be taking our case to the Supreme Court. We will be working within the system. But when you have a co-equal branch of government, and it is challenging the legitimacy of another branch, people are going to lose faith in the system. When they see their leadership losing faith, then they're going to lose faith. So people start questioning the government, and they just start taking matters into their own hands. I still, in my heart, have faith and believe In the government that was given to us by our founding fathers i think it works incredibly efficiently it is a perfect no is everybody always going to be happy with the outcomes no i was never happy with roe v wade yet i never felt the need to challenge my citizens out on the streets i do very much respect the right of those people that felt that they needed to they do have that right if I felt like that's what I needed to do. But I guess I always had faith in the system that people were still petitioning the government. They were still making their arguments in front of the Supreme Court. And I, and I, somewhere in the back of my mind, I did believe that a day would come by when at least the Supreme Court justice would realize there is no right. If it's going to be done, it should be done by the people. And y'all are mad at a lot of people when... Really, you should be looking to your Congress, regardless of which side of this issue that you're on, right or left, that is the job of the legislative body to pass that, pass that amendment, make that law of the land. It has not. I would ask everybody to continue to remain calm, have faith in the system, but it doesn't look like it's going to go that way. So, I told you that I would share some thoughts, my personal thoughts on abortion. And it's simply this, at the time that the egg is fertilized, everything that that child is potentially going to be is right there within him, even his sex, yes, his gender too. It seems to me to be a bad argument because you can make the same argument about a six-year-old kid. Everything that he potentially is going to be is within him. I'm not talking about career choices and how successful he's going to be, but what he's going to mature in your brain doesn't even reach full maturity until age 25. So once that egg is fertilized, at least to me and again it's my opinion, you don't have to get all up in arms because you can have your opinion too. This is this is what you do in a civil society. You, you talk to one another, you share your thoughts. And I know, I know all the uh, things that could be brought up like, uh, well, Ed, what's going, to, what's going to happen to the child after it's born? I think I shared this with you before. I've been faced with that question, which I had a job for 35 years to uh, protect the life of the citizens of the municipality that I worked in. I was asked this question by a co-worker, and I told him, that's very strange that you would ask me that question, because out of all the people that we have saved together... Not once did I start attempting that life intervention, and you asked me, what are we going to do if we, sir, we, we save them? And so often, many of the people that we saved and brought back to life would, would rob us, would murder us, would kill us. I mean, some of these people we knew and responded to them multiple times, and if the shoe was on the other foot, they would probably just as well killed one of us so it really gets kind of crazy. That's not, that's not my job, though. It was not my job to judge that person at that point in time. My job was quite simple, was to do my best to save their lives, which I did regardless of their socioeconomic standing in the community, regardless of what they did prior to or after. It just was not my deal to make that judgment, and that's, that's the way I feel about abortion, too. So for me... For me, it comes to down to a simple question: Is that a human life? And 100% of scientists will tell you that when that egg is fertilized, it is now a human being, not a person. I guess that can be debated. I have full respect for that argument in that conversation, personhood, and even the fact of is it a true citizen? But for me, it's now a human being, and it's. Uh, I I believe it deserves the debate, and I don't think that we should be aborting something when there's not a strong consensus as to what it is. If it is a human being, I think everything else is kind of a minor issue, if you will, uh, and and a peripheral issue. I sure don't want to come off as someone who sounds like some type of sexist, but with all that power that I see demonstrated by the females in the street, by the women, why don't you demonstrate that on the front end and take the appropriate action prior to getting pregnant? I mean, that, that just would solve a lot of problems. And I know it's probably easier said than done. Yes, I know the strong uh, pull of the sexuality and having sex, but, man, we're talking about a life. You know, Some things have to be bigger than we are, and accountability and responsibility, that might sound like some old-fashioned talk, but uh, I think it would serve us to take all that freedom and liberty that we have and exercise it on the front end of the issue as opposed to reacting at the other end of it. And I know there's some women that say they have abortions and never think another thing of it, but I'm going to tell you there's probably an equal number, if not more, that will tell you that was just not a medical procedure. It changed my life forever, and they deal with the fallout from it, you know, regardless if the rest of the people around them know about it or not, because it wasn't just a tumor, and and unfortunately, sometimes it was the only child they could have had, which is just really devastating. I'll share one more thought before I get out of here, is that, you know, I don't I don't think one time have I mentioned God one time since I was talking about all these issues. And, you know, on further thought, it's probably appropriate that I don't mention God because we are a godless country. We are truly a godless country. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you're some type of radical extremist, whether that's Muslim or some other you got some other reason why you're hating America, and the main reason that you hate America is because you consider this a Christian nation. That might have been true for the first couple hundred years of our existence, but no. Uh, if you want to destroy us, there you're going to have to find another reason because we're not guilty of being a godly country. Now, there are people that love God and believe in God, such as myself. But no, this nothing that I'm seeing looks like anything that would have anything to do with God. And, you know, you might be listening right now and you're an atheist and uh, you make fun of people like me who believe that there is a higher power and less alone one that I actually know and have a relationship with. I fully respect your right to uh, feel that way because not only do I feel that way, but I have a God that feels that way that you have the absolute right to reject his existence, or less alone even follow any of his precepts. But to ask God for blessings on this country, I have a hard time. Matter of fact, I can't remember the last time that I ever did. It's probably going to be, God please have mercy on this country and and pray for me and mine. So that's, that's my thoughts of a possible civil war. I don't know how, I don't know how we get by it. And then, like I said, it's probably not going to be a civil war, an organized civil war, because as horrible as that was, I think is actually going to be worse. It's just going to be absolute chaos. You're going to have all these different factions that are going at one another. And the likely outcome is we're going to find ourselves either Fractured, where you'll have some states that are still viable and intact. Uh, you might have other countries that are have invaded other parts of the country and now control it. I just I just can't see us coming together at a and having a meeting of the minds over some of these issues because they're just too far apart. And I'll leave you with this: if there's any hope on your part that it can be avoided. You're going to have to have faith in our system of government. You're going to have to talk to people that you possibly simply just do not agree with. Sit down with them with a true concern. I'm talking about both the right and the left. You're going to have to sit down with people that you do not agree with and with the true concern for each other and for this country together and see if it's even remotely possible that you can strike something between you in order to keep our union together, because ultimately I don't believe there's any winners in this. I believe there was a winner in the first civil war. I don't believe that there will be a United States of America. I do believe it will tear us at our very being, much like Abraham Lincoln was so incredibly concerned with and had every right to be. But like I said, this is uh, this is a lot of different factions. This is just not two defined sides. You've got so many people with so many different viewpoints that think they take precedence over the importance of this country and other people. So, like I said, unless you can sit down with somebody you don't agree with and truly have a concern and desire for this nation and each other, we don't stand a chance. With that, I hated to be so gloomy today, but... That's the way I feel, and that's the way I see it, that's the way I think. I do appreciate you listening today. I will pray for God to have mercy on your homes, that He will look out for you, that He will take care of you and yours. Until we can get together again on Over and Under, I'm out like a scout. And remember, if you liked anything, please hit subscribe, follow the podcast. Very, very grateful, very grateful for the listeners. Hey, y'all have a great weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.